So welcome everybody, this is Austin Lewandowski. Uh, it is the 31st of May and we're recording a podcast on... Uh, <laughs> 31st of May. 31st of March, sorry, I haven't had enough coffee yet. Um, hopefully that eases tensions a little bit. Um, this one is going to be a little bit less formal because my partner in crime, my mentor, my... Great conversational leader Chris Genders is out on hiatus. I'm not sure where he is or what he's doing, but he is not here. Um, and with me today, I have two guests that have just gone to Turks and Caicos on a mission trip, and we wanted to capture their stories as fresh as you know, as, as soon as we could, so that it was as fresh and we could relive some of those emotional stories. So. Um, I'm going to introduce Jordan Brockhouse, formerly, now currently, Jordan Lewandowski, and Bray, how do I say your last name? Bailey's? Bailey's. Bailey's. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey guys, uh, I'm Jordan Lewandowski. Um, I'm actually Austin's sister-in-law, so um, I'm married to Brent Lewandowski. Um, and a little bit of history about me, uh, born and raised in Metamora, um, so probably know many of you, um, probably know my dad. Um, you know, it's he was probably like, your driver's head. Bro, I tell you how to drive. Like, you know, if you're from Memoir, I tell you my last name, my maiden name, and like, oh, Mr. Brockhouse. Um, but uh, that really doesn't matter. Um, so I'm super excited to um, share about our trip um, to Turks and Caicos. Um, so Braylon and I went as um, registered nurses to Turks and Caicos. And um, for me, it was something that I just, I've always wanted to use the skills that I have. Um, and I, you know, uh, learned and really do something with it. Um, and so for me, that was going to Turks and Caicos. Um, and really, I've I've been pretty interested in doing um, mission work of some sort, like medical-wise. Um, I had the opportunity to go during nursing school, and I don't know, I just, I didn't do it. And so ever since then, I was like, I kept, you know, like, why didn't I do it? Why didn't I do it? And I finally made the decision um, that I was going to go. I was going to go, and I was going to serve um, and use the skills that um, I've learned um, and help the people in Turks and Caicos. So that's a little bit of background about me. <laughs> Braylon? Okay, I'm Braylon Bailey's um, friends with Jordan for a long time. Um, she drugged me to this. <laughs> um, no. Baited. Um, it was something I wanted to do. Um, I'm born and raised in East Peoria. Went to school at OSF for nursing. Um, I had the opportunity as well to go over the summer um, during school, and I didn't. And like Jordan said, it's something that you really want to do and when you can find the time to do it um that was something that was hard once you start working you aren't going to have much time to do it so um figured might as well start before i work full-time um going to turks and keiko was definitely super awesome and was a great experience and i would love to do one again but maybe a few years down the road because it was a lot <laughs> but um yeah so I was using our skills was something that was a great experience and really helped to like form me into the nurse that I want to be and learn how to be like caring and compassionate about your patients because that's what you are doing mainly over there I mean listening to them and their stories so 
Yeah. And so what what got you girls into nursing? What got you interested in nursing in the first place? Um, for me, it was something that I... I kind of grew up like wanting to do. My mom uh, works in the medical field, and so just growing up with that, um, and just uh, I just it's where I felt I felt like connect I I could connect with people um, in a in a different way um, as a nurse. Um, like you're providing total care, um, you know, the compassion, education, um, and in a way that I just felt like like that's where I was meant to be, and so. Um, just different things along the way confirm that like that was like that's where I was meant to be. If that that doesn't really answer your question. No, I, I, I think <laughs> you hit on you hit on like one of the the key words there was compassion. You know what I mean? You just have a heart. You have a, a servant's heart, and you're best serving people face to face, administering care, right? In in some way, shape, or form, whatever that was, is that's how you like to do it is face to face, and so it was a it was a perfect fit. Um, well, I was debating between being a nurse and a teacher. Um, I love kids and I love helping people. Um, I figured I could do that more as a nurse. Um, I have family and friends who are in medical fields or my mom wanted to be a nurse and never went down that path. So I was kind of living her dream as well. Um, <laughs> she, that was kind of what I guess made me go that direction but um I love working with kids and working with people and just helping knowing that I'm making a difference um even if you don't see it right away just like knowing you're helping them and you're really caring for them when maybe they don't have that support or they need it just to help them get better so I definitely I mean just doing clinicals and knowing that you're helping somebody even for a short amount of time just makes it to where you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be doing this 12 hours a day. Like, you're really going to help somebody. And so you have you want to work uh, peds, correct? Well, I wanted to work peds or labor and delivery, and so I'm actually starting out in labor and delivery. So I'll be getting both okay. adults and newborns. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So that's kind of that's kind of the background of why nursing, why why helping people in in that way. Um, I guess explain to us how how mission mission of hope correct mm -hmm. how how mission of hope came to the picture. Um, so originally when I decided, you know, now's the time, um, I'm going to go on this trip and, and I'm going to do it. And, um, so I began to kind of, um, research, think, pray, where, where am I meant to go? Um, and for me, you know, I wanted to do a medical based trip. I thought about going to Peru with Great Oaks, um, and I decided I wanted to use my skills as a nurse um, and do a medical based trip. So I began to reach out to local churches and see if they had any medical teams going, and um, through that I found Mission of Hope. Um, so that is an, an um, organization. Um, it's actually Mission of Hope to Haiti, um, which I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. But, um, so this organization um, is well known. I also had a couple of friends from nursing school um, go through this organization uh, last summer as well. So I got their intake, um, more information, and I just felt really connected to the organization and decided I was going to just do it. And so this is, this is a... It, a parachurch organization, if you will. I don't know if that's the right word, Chris, but you'll have to correct me when I'm wrong there. But it's like it's it's a it's kind of a agnostic, if you will, 
to the church, but it's just an organization. Anybody from any church can come, um, sign up, and go in singles, pairs, big groups. Mm -hmm. And so they they basically just help you set up the logistics? Yeah, so, um, you know, and even, like, churches will go uh, Mm -hmm. to this organization. But, yeah, they help with the, um, they have, like, housing. They do all the meals and everything, like, while you're there. Um, And they have um, uh, people that are on staff. Um, that work through Mission Hope as well. So really, like quite a large organization. Um, so they have they have people possible. they have people stationed in in Haiti or I guess Turks and Caicos in this mm-hmm. case, yes. where they're where they're doing what? What do those full time staff do? Um, I mean, it depends on what they are. For us at Turks and Caicos, we stayed on a boat. So they had, I mean, the boat crew. Um, like first mate, they have the captain, and then the captain's wife who was director of hospitality, hospitality. Okay. Um, and then they have uh, another staff member who kind of helps with like transportation, getting us to where we need to go. Um, and then they have a nurse practitioner and a doctor. And then um, they have interns who come um, four months at a time, right? Uh, yeah, I think three to four months at a time. And so they stay there through um, their four months or depending if they get transferred, and they help um, as being, like, staff to where if we need to go somewhere and we need somebody to go with us, then they are, like, our person to look up to. Okay. So. Cool. So was it was it always Turks and Caicos? No, it's not. What's the the, uh, what's the background there? Um, Okay, so originally we were planning uh, to go to Haiti. Um, This organization was based out of Haiti. Um, They had multiple campuses there, um, and really involved um, uh, in Haiti. That was back like. Yeah, and we had we had booked our trip last October, October at least. Yeah. Um. So got everything squared away. Thought we were ready to rock. Like you know, three weeks till we're about ready to leave, getting everything you know like squared away. And we get this email. Um. And this email basically says that due to the um, violence and the unrest um, in Haiti. Um, they were diverting the volunteers to either the Dominican Republic or Turks and Caicos, and that we wouldn't know exactly where we were going until a few days. Um, and then, you know, then we would start to plan. And, you know, this is three weeks, two and a half weeks till we're supposed to leave. Um, and so this was um, a real challenging point for us, and it yeah. really – um, and it's it's funny looking back um, because it was it was a stressful time, but all of that totally worth it for what we were able to do. And so I mean, let's out. just iterate the fact <laughs> the fact that Jordan is a like notebook taking notes, okay. planning out everything, every <laughs> article of clothing, every meal. Mm-hmm. Every day she wants to know what she's doing, where she's going. So this was a huge. Um, calling out into the waters, if you will, yeah. right? Like a okay. huge kind of, hey, <laughs> God, <ball. laughs> like, here's, here's my open hands, right? Like, yeah. God, like, lead me, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a very big thing. I think for me as well, like, when I went to, when I went to Peru, like, I'm somewhat of a homebody. I'm somewhat pretty 
cautious when it comes to going to different places like that. And so it was a big getting out of my shell sort of experience that that Peru was. And so it's it's cool to see that God pushed you in that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I really, uh, yeah. It was well worth it, though. I mean, definitely we feel very blessed that we were able to go to Turks and Caicos. I mean, looking back on it now, we really wanted to go to Haiti and um, because, I mean, you hear about it all the time. But really going to Turks and Caicos and seeing – some Haitians there, but also, I mean, different different people and different cultures. It really just kind of opened our eyes to how much they're doing in other places, even though there's no full campus there. I mean, we have so, one boat, and that's what we're on. Right. So I guess you know, with three weeks out, like you mm-hmm. guys switch switch your whole itinerary around. You don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but but you're still going, right? So you right. like get the you get the flight switched. You've packed up all your medical supplies. Um, they're taking over over a thousand dollars worth of medical supplies down there. Oh, like, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We e- had each two. or individual, like um, combined. Probably uh, c- combined, probably like fifteen hundred. Yeah. Probably, but I mean, two fifty pound bags of medical supplies. Yeah. And so this is anything so. from what? Are, what's in the bags? Um, a lot of over-the-counter medications, um, Tylenol, Tums, um, different antifungal creams, um, eye drops, eye drops some, you know, uh, so just food. Ba- basic that, stuff yeah. that they don't have access to. Right. right. That we can go to the store and buy, and they have to come to a clinic to even get any of that. Okay, so you guys, you guys have... Now, pack your bags. You're going to Turks and Caicos now. You know literally nothing, but you're still going to go <laughs> serve, right? And so you fly down there, and Turks and Caicos is, is basically a, an island mm-hmm. close to Haiti, yeah. correct? And a lot of people have fled. I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people have mm-hmm. fled the civil unrest in Haiti mm-hmm. to Turks and Caicos, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys touched down... And take me from there. Like, on land on the plane. I mean, we, I mean, we get there and have to, I mean, you go through customs. It's one little, one tiny airport you get to. And, I mean, no air. It's hot. We're in there in pants and hoodies <laughs> coming from cold here to, like, 80s and sunny. We get there, go through the line, have to figure out what we're declaring to come in. Um, we had no idea. This was our first time ever doing it. So we put, we're putting down, we have all this medical supplies of this much money and we get to them checking our bags and they're like, Oh, well you owe this much money for bringing this in. And we're like, wait, what do you mean? Like we <laughs> no had way. no idea. Yeah. Like no idea that we were going to be paying money to bring more money, I guess, to bring all this medical supplies in voluntarily. I mean, Mm-hmm. Because they don't have that there, so yeah. they want to to tax you an outrageous amount for bringing that to their area. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so. thank God we had a Mission of Hope person there because we got it knocked down way lower than what it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had talked to them and told them what was going on that we weren't just bringing this in just to bring it in. Um, that we were serving and having all this mission work and helping people out, but... So you landed, but somebody from Mission was Hope, Mission of Hope that was there to uh, to greet you, right? Yeah, yeah. Pick us up and take us to mm-hmm. our boat. 
Okay, so explain explain the boat situation because Jordan, you told me a cool story about that. <laughs> so the boat. So we kind of knew we would be staying on a boat. Um, that was kind of one of the things that they did tell us. You know, we had no idea what we were going to be doing that week, uh, exactly where we would be going or anything. But we knew we were staying on a boat. Um, and so uh, we get to the marina and we see our boat and it's um, kind of like a remodeled fishing boat. Yeah, how like I would a bigger, describe it. A bigger boat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we get there um, and we're like, all right. Um, and so the main cabin of the boat is just filled with bunks and so that's where we would be staying for the week um and so the um, team members there took all our medical supplies and were kind of organizing them for the week and the following week um and we were just I, I just remember just like I was kind of in like a daze like okay like this is really in, happening <laughs> I'm in Turks and Caicos I'm here to serve I'm staying on a boat, <laughs> like, it was just like I'm trying to take everything in, and yeah. so, and it, from the drive from the airport to the boat, it was fairly, um, the the roads were well kept there, everything was kind of, like, put together, um, because Turks and Caicos is known for the resorts, mm-hmm. um, but, and so that, I was kind of like, okay, like, I'm kind of, like, confused, like, you know, um, but the next day we had it coming for us, you know, like, we kind of saw more of, um, what was going on. The unpolished, we doing, if yeah, you will. what we would be doing, so, yeah. Interesting. So, uh, did you meet up with the rest of, you know, is there, like, a person in the airport, like, with a sign that says Mission of Hope kind of thing, and, like, yeah. like yeah. all of a sudden there's, like, hey, we got 20 new best friends, and you guys are all here. Oh, hey, you got bags. Like, yeah. is that kind of how it was? Kind of. There was, like, a, was it six of us, five of us five that met at one time. Yeah. So, they, like, uh, made different trips, like, back to the boat. And so, okay. um, they'd wait for, like, a group to come in and then take us all back to the boat at one time. So, there was a couple other girls um, that we met at the airport. Um, a mom and her daughter were coming um, okay. on the trip. And then um, a girl from Wisconsin. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So you've now landed on the you've landed on the boat. You are kind of getting situated. What's the what's the accommodations like on the boat? What are we what are we looking at? <laughs> uh, they were interesting. We had I mean there was twenty something of us mm-hmm. girls, one guy, three bathrooms, <laughs> three bathrooms and two showers. That's what we were dealing with. Which I mean. Bathrooms were tiny. I mean, you're on a fishing boat, an old fishing boat. And they were kind of, like, redone a little bit just to kind of make them functional. But, you know, plumbing on a boat isn't the best. So, at one point, we were down to one bathroom and one shower. Um, It was rough. I mean, it was kind of knowing what bathroom you could use that day. Um, And getting through everybody, I mean, you didn't have a big aisle, I guess. Um, it was kind of like two people were go- you could have like one way traffic each way. So, and everyone had to put their bags in the aisle or you had to put them on your bunk. Like in, I guess the way you described it, Jordan, the bunk was like about 18 inches tall and about four foot wide. And yeah, you like couldn't sit up all the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. So like you got, you're like, you're tucked in there like 
three or what three high three high yeah three high and you have your bag in there with you yeah and so you were like (laughs) sardines in the can right basically i'm sure everybody smelled great yeah, yeah especially <laughs> yeah. after a hard day working, yeah. sweating. And yeah. because we were living on a boat, we had to take what they call ship showers. So yeah. for those of you that don't know what a ship shower is, you know, you turn on the water, you get wet, you turn the water off, you got to lather up while the water's off, and then turn the water back on to rinse. So there's oh. not a lot of, like, water to use. And 30 second showers. Even after you shower, you still kind of smell. Yeah. <laughs> don't feel clean. Yeah. So. We got the, we got was it cold cold water? It was no. actually like kind of warm. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Warm water. Yeah. We had we had when we were in La Jungla in Peru, um, we had all cold showers, but it kind of felt good because it was you know eighty yeah. or ninety percent humidity or whatever. But right. Cold yeah, showers we actually had day. air though on our boat. That was nice. Wow. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but let's not forget the fact that you are on a boat in, Tur- <laughs> in Turks and Caicos. Right. Um, you know, so there, there's. Got to think of the positives. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, okay, first day, first morning, you wake up. Where are we at? What are we doing? Um, eat breakfast. Um, 7.45 every yeah, day. 7.45. Um, and then after breakfast, we gathered our medical supplies, which were stored on a spare bunk um, on the boat. Mm-hmm. So, and getting all those bins, like big bins, out a small ship door, you gotta like turn sideways and then walk down the plank and not like go overboard <laughs> and stuff like that uh, to load the bus. Um, and then uh, once the bus was loaded, we were headed to our destination for the day. So, what's your destination for the day? So, um, the first uh, three days, actually, we went to the same church. Um, So, this church um, was in the village. um, And so, um, and when I say church, it's it's not a church you may think of, like, here in America. Um, It's more um, concrete walls, one room. Um, It did have windows. Bars, bars on the windows. Bars on the windows, um, bars on the doors, um, no air conditioning, and the lights were kept off to save power. Sure. Um, save energy. Sure. Um, and so we had one big room to work with. Okay. And so um, once we got there, we started setting up our supplies and our different stations that we had or would have for the day. Um, and then... Uh, by doing this, like, we, we kind of had to, like, work together because it was, like, I mean, there was a little bit of direction, but it was, yeah. like, here, set this up, here you and go. this is how, it, I mean, and so, this yeah. is how it's going to run. You just kind of got to figure it out. What's your, I guess, what's your, so you're going to see, you're going to see patients, if you, I'll just call them patients, yeah. mm-hmm. guests, um, but your your goal is to. Our goal is not to see as many patients as we can. It's to kind of listen and talk with them. Um, like we had a triage station, so just kind of like vitals, you know, blood pressure, temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had the physician table, so where they would talk to the doctor and they would get their scripts written, and then you had a pharmacy table that had all of your meds on it. So it was just kind of like more so of kind of getting to know your patient, I guess, in the mm-hmm. in a way, um, and listening to them because there's more than likely. Um, 10 things going on sure so you kind of have to get the whole story of everything and it wasn't they were like you know don't try to go fast and rush through everybody kind of listen to them and see if there's different ways you can help them pray with them 
um, yeah. talk with them. Yeah. I mean, it was more because we were going to be there for multiple days. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we didn't get to everybody, they would just come back the next day. Okay. So it was more of just helping them, yes, but not just helping them in medication and medication wise. Helping them, I mean. How long are you spending with each each, each patient? It kind of depends. Um, it was kind of hard because many of them did not speak English. Um, okay. They speak Creole, so we had translators who were high school, just got out of high school students, and so it was kind of hard to make connections with them. Um, some of them you could because some of them wanted to talk more about what was going on, but mm-hmm. some of them just kind of wanted, they were telling you the minimum, mm-hmm. and were kind of just didn't, I mean, and it might have been because you have one person, at like two people helping out at one table, so there's not really any, like, confidentiality, mm-hmm. so I don't know if they just didn't want to talk so much about what was going on, didn't want somebody else to hear, or, I mean, it was just kind of... They'll, you ask them questions, they'll kind of tell you if yes or no, and then what's going on, and then that was kind of it. So it was hard. I mean, some people, yes, if you got more of a story out of them, it was easier to talk with them about it or see if you could help them in any way. But most of them, it was just kind of, I'm coming here, I'll tell you what's wrong, I get my medication, and then I'm gone. So I guess my, my thing I want to point out is, like, you're completely out of your comfort zone, right? Right. You yeah. are you are taken to a village, a small village in the middle of Turks and Caicos, and they basically give you supplies, or you take your own supplies, and they say they say go. Yeah. Now, are you? They give you a translator. Are you nervous? Are you what? What happens? Or is it just basically like go and your care, your kind of compassion mm-hmm. side of you just takes over and you start interacting with these people? Kind of both. I mean, nervous at first, definitely, because we were like. We're not sure how to really run this correctly. Like, we're just kind of going with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We set all of our stuff out, and we have a sheet that kind of tells you what to ask. But more, yeah, your care and compassion comes out because you're like, you know you need to help these people. Right. But, so it was nerve-wracking at first, just being like, okay, well, let's try and see how smooth this will go and how we can (laughs) make it flow because we had nothing. Like, this was the first time that they had a clinic coming that was staying there so, so this we were a, the first pretty much the first full group to come they had it, one the summer before go, just like coming over a little bit but we were the first big group to come and so they were kind of like well just see how the flow goes and we'll see what we when can do when was the last it. time some of these people had seen a doctor or, or yeah, any any medical at care. least six months a six months to a year wow. um and it, when they and when we say doctor, it's probably in another clinic or sure. like sure. Mission of Hope's clinic um, that that they saw. So it wasn't a, like like a full head to toe assessment or a full visit like like we would do here yearly to go see our doctor. Um, it was just kind of touch and go with whatever they needed. And so literally, like your your trip, uh, as spur of the moment as it was, was the first opportunity for some people to have seen a doctor or had any medical care within the last six months to a year. Correct, yeah. That's amazing. 
That's it really that's opens huge. your eyes. And even any any access to any over the counter medicine. So they you know couldn't take Tylenol for a headache. You mean they don't have a Walgreens on every corner? <laughs> no. Really? They don't we have, saw maybe yeah. one pharmacy one, clinic. And it was small yeah. and, you know. And, you know, it might just be for the tourists that come and need something like that. And put, yeah, aside the fact that you said most people, like, are living in essentially a concrete building, mm-hmm. no windows, mm-hmm. maybe a drape hanging over the window, no door. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of income or revenue to even buy medical no. supplies. And no. so this is this is truly like a, a blessing, right, that, right, that you guys are here. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It was crazy just to think about it. Like we talked about it like almost every night. Like, how we can just go to the store and get something for your headache or get something for, like, Tums, for your stomach. And they they deal with this every day and can't do that oh. until we give them a supply of medicine, which is normally within 30 day, like a 30-day supply, hoping they'll be back, like, the clinic will be back there in 30 days right. to be able to supply more. So when so in Haiti, um, what they try to do is every 30 days go back to the same church to reach the same people. Okay. Um, and so they plan to do that in Turks and Caicos. That at least every 30 days go back to that same church um, so those same people can get another 30-day supply of medication. Wow. That's – okay, so this, that's day one through three, right? Yes. That's and day then, one yep, through yeah. three. And, I mean, just – I think after the the first day, just I was like trying to take it all in. I was trying to like I was so just in in awe, like that. I feel like here in the the states, we take so many things for granted, and so like mm-hmm. being there and being able to serve these people, um, it just it really it hit me hard that first day. And so you you got to drive basically off of the the Primpton preppy streets of mm-hmm. the well, roads to the resorts and and yeah. what what are you seeing there? What are you seeing as you drive into town? Um, really, a lot of I I don't know. It's I mean like abandoned cars, really yeah. like sitting everywhere, like garbage line line yeah. the street um dogs goats and chickens <laughs> and running so free you're you're in a very impoverished area right mm-hmm. our yeah. first church i mean we we didn't see that as much because it was kind of off the main road a little bit i mean there was a couple businesses mm-hmm. around it so mm-hmm. it was kind of like you know it's not too bad they there's people around but our fourth day we really went back in a village that we were like wow like mm-hmm. this is what it really is and i'm not i'm not pointing this out to to point out the poverty but it's like i think jordan you told me even one of the the nurses that worked like full time in Haiti was like even this is even this is like on an order of magnitude 10 you know 10 times better than than mm-hmm what is happening in Haiti. That's correct. You know, and it's it is it's actually still twenty nineteen in Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. And that's it's insanely humbling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it puts a sense of purpose and drive that that this really matters. Like this matters to them. This matters to to us as well as as Jesus followers, right? Like we're called to go out and serve 
And I think that that's what hits home most is, is realizing that not everybody has this care that we take for granted. Correct. Yeah. So definitely. So what are what are, what's what are some of the highlights of your trip? Your interactions, uh, maybe interactions with the translators, um, interactions with patients. Um, I think one of the things that really stood out to me the most was um, when a patient had gone, you know, had seen me, I got their medical history, took their vitals, they went to the physician and then to the pharmacy, um, and she had 30 tabs of Tylenol, and she came back to me and said, thank you, thank you, thank you, over and over, and I, it was just, it, it was a moment that I will probably never forget um, because to, to have someone show that much appreciation for what you're doing um, for them and and she walked away with Tylenol and her like just her thanks um, that she gave us and um, that was that was awesome um, and then the relationship that we developed with our translators I think was another thing that really stood out to me. Um, and I loved getting to know them and their stories and um, how they um, came from Haiti. Um, they now live in Turks and Caicos. Um, and so hearing more about what they've been through, too. Yeah. The, I mean, <clears throat> my translator that I had, she, I mean, she had a lot of questions, which was really cool. Um, she wanted to be a nurse one day. And so she, I mean, asked so much about what was going on and she wanted to know why we were doing this and why we were doing that and kind of how um this medication would help or um like she wanted to help with all the vitals like doing all the blood pressures doing you know and it's something that I mean we use you know blood pressures you just hit the button and she was like I like can I do that and I was like of course you know I'll show you how to do it and this is what what it does and so I think they felt like they were doing something and that they really liked us using them to help us because they probably don't get that opportunity like any time really and so being able to let them do it and them feeling kind of like they're doing something more than just translating for us was really cool and um like even doing like finger sticks for blood sugars and stuff I mean they got really good at it. Sometimes they could get it better than we could because, you know, they just, they work with what they have. And we're used to having, you know, things that work the first time and stuff that does the best. And we're there and we're, like, scrounging to find something that works right. And they just deal with it and work with what they have to make it the best that it can be. So, like, not only not only are you pouring into or providing services to literally the people of Turks and Caicos, but you're also pouring into like mentor mentorship wise, like mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you're mentoring young women mm-hmm. is kind of what I get from that is you're mentoring young women on like a career, a possible career path. Right. right. Yeah. And they really, I mean, they were all pretty, the ones at least we mm-hmm. had were very interested. And I mean, we're always asking questions or always wanted to, you know, help out with anything that they could help out with. So mm-hmm. you had a picture on your you had a picture on your phone of a young girl in a in a, a stethoscope. Mm-hmm. The the little girl. The yeah. Little yeah. Mm-hmm. Precious precious photo. <laughs> Something the mom said. Tell me that story real quick. Or is there a story there? There. I'm trying to think. There was many stories. I don't know what one. 
Anyway, there's there's this picture of a young, I'm going to say, three- to four-year-old girl. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, you know, she's got Jordan's stethoscope on. And it was just like, you know, she had just the biggest smile on her face. And, like, it was just the chance that somebody somebody gave her the time of day to talk to her, to love on her, to appreciate her, to talk to her, pay attention, whatever. It was just mm-hmm. you could you could see in that photo. Mm-hmm. The impact that you were having, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what's cool. They also love when you filled up the the gloves with air and tied them, <laughs> like any kid does here. Like, yeah, <laughs> but they thought it was the coolest thing ever. So yeah, I I, I didn't think of that till the last day. And I'm like, darn. <laughs> they just want your. I mean, they want your attention. They they want to feel like they're wanted. And I mean, you have little kids just running around and just playing, which is fine, but. I mean, you go and pick one up and hold them for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I mean, they'll sit there with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just they need love just like we do. Yeah, you know what I mean. They they thrive off of that love and attention just yeah. like we do. Mm-hmm. Right? There there is no difference. It's all we, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's all of us. We all need it. Right. There is no us and them. It's all us. So that's amazing. So that's that's your typical day, I guess, mm-hmm. is basically providing care, loving on people, providing basic medical care services. Yep. What what happens at the end of the day? Depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, after we wrap up at the clinic and get things all squared away and organized for the next day, um, we had the wonderful opportunity of going to the beach. A couple Ooh, days. Okay. A 15-minute walk. It was like nothing. Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was, yeah. It was an unwinding time for sure. I mean, especially after spending eight hours, you know, I mean, you're constantly moving, constantly helping patients. I mean, because we saw over 100 patients each day. Wow. And it so, was a lot. I mean, compared to, you know, working as a nurse here in the U.S., you know, completely different, but um, in a different aspect, it's, it's challenging because you're providing care like through the help of a translator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so working to phrase things um, in a way that the translator and the patient understands um, in a way that makes sense um, and to try to connect via translator, that was, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it did take a lot out of you. And, and so doing was, everything by hand. I mean, yeah. you don't realize how different it is. I mean, we're so used to computers and typing everything out or, you know, having a vitals cart and just pushing a button and not having to worry about it. But the last day we had some troubles with our um, machines, and so we had to do manual blood pressures. And everything that we asked, like, it was all written by hand. And it's like, well, you know, phrasing things correctly so that they can be how they said it to us and we can say it to the provider. I mean, that was that everything about it. You just think a lot more doing everything by hand and kind of getting, like she said, your words to speak to them. Because even our translators, there was some barriers and some things that they didn't know what they meant or how to say it. So, you know, rephrasing it, like, I'm still asking the same thing, but it's a little bit different, but something that they can understand and they can translate to the patient. It was definitely a lot of thinking. For example, you couldn't just ask, do you have any allergies? Um, some of them didn't know what, like, an allergy was. So, like, have you ever had any reaction or gotten sick or had a rash from any medication you've taken? Hmm. In a different way. It was a little lengthy, but, yeah, something to that extent. So, oh. mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously language barrier, too, but yeah. we're just working through that. Yeah. 
So it made for, I mean, you were tired, definitely tired by the end of the day. So, I mean, definitely being able to go and unwind and just, even for an hour, I mean, because we ate at 6 o'clock. So we would get back around 3 or so, 3.30, and just having an hour just to sit and, you know, just not think about anything. Did you do any reflection in that time, journaling, taking notes? Not more than when we got back. Or, yeah, like, when we got after back. Dinner. After dinner, we had some free time to kind of unwind. Um, you know, we did a couple different things, um, journaled, um, read our Bibles, um, and then kind of, like, got together with the other members that were there, um, uh, played some games, connected with them, got okay. to know them um, and their stories. Um, it's really cool because, you know, we're from all over. Mm-hmm. So being at one place um, for one purpose, um, it was cool to see. Straight up team yeah. building. Really right. connected, yeah, with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody got got along really well. And still still maintaining connections with those people now? Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, we, you know, social media. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, got everyone's Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Uh, we Snapchat. have a group. On Snapchat, or everybody kind of talks together yeah. and planning to meet up with one of them uh-huh. in uh, Wisconsin when we're there. So, yeah, yeah, outstanding. Cool. Any other? Do you have any other like big stories, takeaways, um, mm-hmm. favorite interaction with somebody? Well, I mean, like I said, I love kids, so definitely interacting with the children that were there um, and. They were a little more easier to be connected with because they all spoke English. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had a kid that came up by themselves, sure. and you're talking to them by themselves. And you're like, you know, here it'd be like you have to have somebody with them. Mm-hmm. But just talking with them and they know, you know, what's wrong. They know that they don't feel good. And um, kids here would just kind of be like, oh, my belly hurts, you know. And they, I mean, they had an extensive this is what's wrong. So I found that very interesting mm-hmm. that, especially working with kids now, you know, you ask them what's wrong. Oh, my belly. I don't know. But they know, like, that their eyes itch really bad or that they have acid, that they feel like their bellies have acid in them. Like, huh. somebody here would never think that, sure. you know. And so just listening to them talk about what's wrong and um, just different things and, I mean, really seeing how much they, um, I guess, how much they care. Like, they want the attention like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And so just talking with them and, like, you know, kind of not necessarily being totally serious with them, kind of asking them different things because they're kids still. They may have to grow up a lot quicker, but... They're still kids, and they still love to be kids. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, that was a major thing for me is just the difference in here, how they're kids. They play as kids. They aren't young adults yet. And you see, like, seven-year-olds who, you know, are way more mature than what they should be is mm-hmm. definitely crazy. But it's really eye-opening for sure. So. So that's kind of the week in review. Um, is there anything? Is there anything post trip? You've had what? I think two weeks now. Yeah. Two weeks roughly. Like after, mm-hmm. what? What is kind of still stuck in your mind? What kind of thoughts are you having? What? What have you? Have you taken any time to process through anything? Like anything you wrote down? Like, I know you, Jody, you're telling me that you know you took some notes like scripture wise, doing like a Bible study mm-hmm. one night. Have you gone back and reviewed any of that? 
Yeah, and I went through like some of the um, reflection questions that they had asked us uh, on our final night too. Um, one thing is, you know, it's it's easy to transition from normal life here in the States to mission work. Um, you go there, you're in a different place, you're doing work, you're serving God, um, and then you come back home. Um, and they said that's the challenging part is because you want to take what you learned um, and use it every day and, you know, serve people every single day, not just one week a year when you go, um, you know, somewhere else. It's every day um, you're serving others, uh, loving on others. Um, and so that, you know, you know, it's it's been something I've been trying to work on every day. So. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, one thing that we talked about, too, you know, what are you going to. What are you going to do while you're home that you did here or that you're going to take back, which was definitely listening to your patients. Um, we live a busy and fast life in the U.S. I mean, you know, you just kind of do what you have to do and you're done with it. Well, these phones, right? Right. Phones. Exactly. But, I mean, there, you know, you have to listen to them. You have to take the time to process what they're telling you or just listening for, like, language stuff, you know? And I think that's been a big thing that I have tried to do is to listen. Like, working in the emergency department now, you know, people have stories that they want to tell you. Emergency department is fast, fast, fast. But if you take the time, five minutes, just to listen to what they're saying or their story or, you know, what all has been going on and not just that one thing that's going on, mm -hmm. it can help tie stuff together or, you know, just them asking if they can have – like a blanket because they're cold. You know, some people are like, yeah, I'll get it in a minute. But just that one thing could help them, sure. you know. And so that definitely listening to your patients has been something that has been challenging, but it's definitely something that really helps because I feel like, you know, I've connected more with them just by listening to them for five minutes. That, I so. think that, that's mm -hmm. huge is that intentionality of taking – two seconds or whatever it is yeah. and showing that love that may be the only love that they receive that day right and that's mm -hmm. what that's what our god calls us to do is to love right mm -hmm. simply simply put it's just love right and you guys were doing it that's mm -hmm. awesome mm -hmm. so what do you what do you have to say as kind of a, a closing thought closing statement to anybody that's like on the fence about about mission work you should do it <laughs> Um, do it. I would do it. I would do it a thousand more times. Yeah. Um, and, and you, I mean, and you more. even came back, kind of talking about long. Yeah. So even on the way home, um, just like well, leaving Turks and Caicos, I didn't. I didn't want to leave. Um, you know, I yes, I wanted to go home and see my husband and you know see my dog and, but it was like, I was sad, but it was I knew I would either be back in Turks and Caicos again, or I would be back doing mission work again sometime soon. Um, and I felt, I felt good about that because I knew like this wasn't it. Um, and so, yeah, so came home and, um, uh, I am, you know, going to go. So we haven't decided, um, exactly where or when, but there are some plans and the works in the mm -hmm. near future. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you think about like, you talk about it and you're like, I'm, I just want to go now because I'm not going to have the time to go again. And then you get done with it and you're like, you can I'm going to go again. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll make the time to go again because it, it really was moving. And it's just something that changes your perspective on so much. Even going back to the same place, you're going to see so much that's different just from one village to the next. And so 
definitely do it. I mean, it will change your life forever, I think. so. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I thank you both for getting out of your comfort zone, for <laughs> pushing, yeah. pushing through that. Right? Two, two young girls traveling outside of the country for the first time. Ooh, rough. Um, international flights. Customs, the whole world. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, pushing through that uncomfortableness, and then and then just being able to go out and literally be the the hands and feet, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, as you're saying, Jordan, that this is this is not the last time you're going to go on a mission trip. Like this is literally just the opening of the book of the, of that part of Jordan's life. Um, and possibly Bray too, but you know this this very telling of these stories may be the catalyst for somebody else. Exactly, so. and I hope that you know we just spark an interest in someone who's on the fence and you know isn't sure if it's right for them. You know there is a place for everyone. Um, you know whether medical, non-medical, um, do it and do it for the Lord. Yep, you can go on medical trips and not be medical. So I mean, <laughs> you can do so much. So. It's worth it. Well, excellent. Thank you both for sharing your story, sharing your testimonies and everything. And uh, love you both. Thank, Thank you. you for Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye.